Did you watch the inauguration day anything? I, apparently it went on all day, but, you know. <laughs> I watched Gaga. Well, of course. I, of course. I watched Gaga. I watched J-Lo. And then I, like, turned it off. And then when I got home, I was like, okay, Katy Perry's going to perform. When does she perform? I have to say, like, I guess this shows my age, but I really want to watch the new Radicals performance of You Get What You Give, the classic from 1998 that they they literally broke. I didn't know this until I read about it, but they broke up right after that ultra single came out. One hit wonders, but like just like dipped out right after that. And they reunited to play Biden's inauguration day. It's fab. He's wearing that bucket hat still and everything. It's I love so it. And you know, I've love always it. loved a bucket hat. I gotta say. I don't look good in them, but if you can rock it, you can rock it. I know. I don't look good in them either. And it's so frustrating because I think it's, it's so like kind funny. of like, I think for me, a bucket hat says I'm goofy, but like, it's cool. Like I'm, I'm a cool <laughs> goofy guy. And I guess I just don't have those two things at the same time. So it's either that or I scam people on Depop. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> one or the other, baby. You can only have one of those things, not both. But yeah, I mean, you know, I watched Gaga. She killed it. I did like, Gosh, my yeah. boyfriend did point out that that giant like pin that she was wearing that was like a dove, I guess, kind of looked yeah. like something from the Hunger Games. Oh, she fully was, not Katniss. What's what's Elizabeth Banks' character? I don't name? remember. The one with the makeup and the, well, the, the garish the, the, the drag queen. The, yeah. drag, the drag queen in the, the Hunger Games, queen, who's bitch, a villain. Because, yeah. <laughs> of course... Um, she looked like that, but like, other than that, I mean, it was gorgeous. It was moving. I liked JLo's singing too. I mean, that that backing track that they chose for this land is my land was, you know, I don't know. A choice. I don't think that she chose that because she's got taste. She did not choose. She She, has taste. Yeah, yeah, of course. She did not choose that, but you know, you got to work with what you got, you know. Exactly. She probably didn't have enough time to prepare. They probably asked her to do that that morning. And she was like, oh yeah, let me like fly to DC and do this shit. Well, the, did you watch the the evening one? Because that's where all like the that's like Bruce Springsteen and the Foo Fighters and stuff played. No, I one. missed all that. I mean, like I, you know, I kind of forgot that yesterday was inauguration day, which is like hilarious <laughs> because Twitter's been yeah. reminding me every day for the last like month. Um, since uh, November 7th 2016 right and I'm just like so in my schedule that I was like I kind of pushed back pushed back pushed back like making lunch and doing my workout because of an inauguration day so I finally was like I can't keep dedicating any more of my time (laughs) to this I'm super stoked super happy yay democracy but also like I need to go make lunch mama I'm trying to like lose some weight (laughs) I'm trying to get my summer bod like like the important things you know It'll it'll be there waiting for you on YouTube. You can watch Katy Perry as a gay Mexican pope, which is what she looked like, and it was fabulous. Wow! wow. How come no one has posted any pictures of that online? At least I haven't seen any. That sounds <laughs> because amazing. It's a nightmare. Oh, it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's, Even the gays are like, we don't claim that one. We don't want that. It it is um it is a rejected outfit from the cell. Um, it's one of those looks. <laughs> I feel like I want us to plug a reference to the cell in every episode every moving forward. Every ep- <laughs> oh, we will. And out came talk. 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 Well, welcome everybody to Straight People Movies, a podcast in which we... Both of us, two gay guys here living in this world who love movies thinking, what makes a movie straight? It's like, you know what it is. You can kind of put your finger on it, but what exactly is the thing that makes it straight? And that is what we're going to be exploring every week. 
and I am Kirk. Hi, and I'm Dylan, and the other host. We only got two. There's the there's other. there's just two of us. There's yep, just two of us. Just two gays, two opinions, two gay opinions. But we're, we're, we speak for all gays. I, we I speak just for all to, of them. We speak everything for ev- we say. You can ask another gay, and they'll agree with us. They are totally going to agree with us. I, I'm mm-hmm. just telling you that right now. So if you're yeah. a straight bro who's like found your way into this podcast because you're like, why are these gays hating on all my favorite movies? Uh, yeah. We do speak for all the gays, and you we know, do. and there's nothing you, you, you can do about it. And we know all of them too. So whenever you ask them, it's like, have you heard Kirk and Dylan talk about how much they hate Drive? They'll go, uh huh, yeah, we we listened, we heard. Yep, they they heard it in the podcast, and they heard it, you know. A year ago, ten years ago, they they mm-hmm. they've, they've heard it. In Every, Puerto Vallarta, they heard it. They heard it. Every in Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> we did a live episode in Puerto Vallarta in December. Uh, we don't want to get canceled. Don't want to get canceled. Today, so if you listen to our first episode, um, you may think, "Man, these fags really hate movies." So we had to pivot with our second episode, and we talk about a truly unhateable movie right a classic yeah classic you saw in the episode description we're talking about the princess bride yes we are baby ma'am ma'am like i don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves but what a what a truly perfect movie it is literally so lighthearted, heartwarming fun to watch easy to watch it's like it's the perfect, like, midday movie. You know, in, in the plot, like, a kid is, like, you know, if you... I'm sure you've seen the movie if you're listening to this podcast, but it is, like, a sick day movie. Just, like, it's the plot of the movie. perfect sick day movie. You know, yeah. it, and it just... It, it warms a little heart. Everyone loves it. Mom loves it. Dad loves it. Your brothers and sisters love it. Everyone loves it. It's just one of those the movies. The people washing the windows outside of my building, their favorite movie. Yeah, they're, like, banging right now going, like, The Princess Bride, I love that movie. <laughs> Why did you stop watching it? Like, we don't want to watch you record a podcast. Like, keep playing Princess Bride. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just, yeah, but yeah, The Princess Bride. I mean, you know, it, it, but I think it's also one of those movies too, and I'm glad we're exploring it because I don't know about you, but I haven't seen this movie or this is my first time watching the movie in a very long time. I had watched it last year whenever it was the very beginning of Quora and we were all losing our minds and I was like, I'm just going to watch everything. Yeah, you're uh, like, I need something to stabilize myself right now yeah. and that's going to be The Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah, and it worked. All right. Well, uh, tell us more about The Princess Bride, Dylan. Yeah, so uh, Princess Bride, it was released in 1987. It was directed by Rob Reiner. And it has an all-star MVP cast uh, starring Carrie Elwes, Robin Wright, Mandy Patinkin, Christopher Sarandon, and guest uh, Wallace Shawn, Andre the Giant, and then a really famous cameo from Billy Crystal and Carol Kane. Uh, It is a fantasy picture that goes beyond typical fantasy fair and as a meta movie about fa- about fairy tales and about memory and love and uh, what a fabulous movie it's got everything in it it's like a yeah a comedy it's an adventure film it's a fantasy movie it's a romance it's a kids movie it's yeah it covers all the bases it's so effortless this movie is like it just starts and it never stops but it never feels rushed it's everything feels perfect in it it's a perfectly structured movie. It is the it's a brick house of a movie. You can't can't find a flaw in the construction of it. It really is. And I think that like part of the reason why the structure is probably so strong in the film is because the writer of the novel also wrote the screenplay mm-hmm. to the movie. Uh William Goldman. Yeah, a friend of the pod, Brian Bonnet, was talking to me last night about it, and he was saying that the book is even more like meta and 
extra textual and all that stuff in the movie is because the movie pretty much the only sort of meta action of it is like every 20 minutes or so the the structure of the movie if you haven't seen it which how um is a kid it's fred savage right yeah fred savage uh is sick and his grandpa comes over and reads him a book uh while he's sick in bed and that book is the princess bride and so throughout the book certain things will happen and the kid will kind of stop the action and comment on it and then they'll go back into the book um or go back into the movie rather and once that sort of plot device starts or gets set up in the beginning that's like three minutes it starts and it is non-stop because i didn't i look over the clock and i was watching yesterday and uh, when they got to um the the first fencing scene the really big first scene with manny patinkin and uh Carrie was fencing and I was like, Oh, this is 15 minutes. I totally agree with you. I think that was the biggest reaction I had to it today as well was uh, remembering like the scenes in the film as being much longer than they were. I mean, of mm-hmm. course, when you're a kid, things like life feels longer. Um, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> so it's like, yeah, like the dueling scene and all that, or like when Wallace Shawn finally like dies during that hilarious poison yeah. scene, I was like, Oh, Wallace Shawn's not in the movie anymore. That's it. Yeah, and it's like, it's been 25 minutes and Wallace Shawn's out. Yeah, and it's just like, the, yeah, you're right. And, I, and, and it had been a while since I had watched the film, but I remembered every single scene yep. in this movie. Although I did catch a couple of things that I did not catch when I was a child. And there's actually mm-hmm. a couple of like kind of winking, like the meta-ness of it is a lot more apparent yeah. now to me. Because there were some moments in the movie where characters just knew things. Without yeah. any context, they just knew, <laughs> and like the movie just kind of yeah. like winks at you and is like, "Yeah, you just accept that because this is just a funny fantasy movie, and it's just yeah. about like getting the girl, the heroes win, like you know what you're in here for." So the movie, I think, what makes it really fun is it like it knows you know what the movie is going to mm-hmm. be like, and so it just has fun with it. The whole movie is just having a good time with this very classic kind of like romance adventure story. Yeah, and I feel like the traps of, like, meta movies and kind of winking at the audience is you end up with something like, I don't know, like, Shrek or something like that, or, like, something that's, like, too winky, too coy, like, too aware of itself, and it gets, like, exhausting, where it's, like, this is, like, just winky enough to where it doesn't feel like you're watching, like, <laughs> like I can I can say this, but it doesn't feel like you're, like, watching improv <laughs> Right. Or like, yeah. And like, I think my favorite, I laugh every time it happens in movies, but whenever somebody is recounting an event and they're saying dialogue of a character and then the characters are performing the dialogue or they're just lip syncing it, I laugh every time. That's a gag that always gets me. It truly is my like slipping on a banana peel or something. I think it's funny every time. So you're talking about the scene with the screaming eels then? When well, yes, the exactly. story gets interrupted. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I love that kind of stuff. I, I mean, I agree agree with you. Like, I think that that's always like a really fun, like cinematic trick. Yeah. Uh, because it, 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 and like drunk history literally like built its entire brand on it's... that <laughs> sense of humor. Drunk history. So good. Yeah. I love drunk history, God. but yeah, I mean, I think for me, like I agree with you, the movie is perfectly paced. It's like a light hour and 38 minutes. Mm-hmm. No frame is wasted. The story gets right to it. And I think what's fun about the movie in general, and I I, kind of read about the book too and kind of what it was going for as well, is the whole idea is that you take this like epic fantasy novel that's for adults and you just kind of like abridge it all and condense it all to all of its like the fun parts. And that's what The Princess Bride is. It's like, forget about the politics, forget about the plot. It's just like, 
a guy trying to like save the woman of his dreams, the love of his life from an evil prince and some guys that are fun help him along the way. I mean, and that's literally it. And the movie knows it. I'm sure the book knew it too. And it just allows you to just kind of have fun with it, you know? And that's it. And it's that's what makes the movie so endlessly watchable and yes. rewatchable. And it's like incredibly episodic where it's like you can watch the Wallachon, uh, the Finnick part that's like 20 minutes. You can watch that and sit down. You can watch all of the, uh, I'm trying to think of, you can watch the end. The ending scene is a good 15, 20 minutes. Everything is kind of in episodic chunks that fits, would be perfect on ABC Family. And I think there's a lot of movies from like this time that kind of became really big, like big hits after the fact. Uh, I'm thinking mostly of like Shawshank from like being on TV all the time and like Idiocracy. And this movie would fit perfectly on television. Totally. I um I didn't yes. even realize that The Princess Bride wasn't a hit until later, uh, but it makes a lot of sense that mm-hmm. it was kind of like a moderate, modest box office hit. And then in the home video market is where it kind of found its success mm-hmm. because, I mean, obviously, I'm sure you did. I'm sure any people like in our generation did have this movie in their collection growing up. Yep. Um, and it, like I said, it's just so rewatchable. I think that's why it became a cult classic is because most films, even a lot of kids movies too, are just not like as fun over and over and over again. But The Princess Bride is delightful every time you watch it. Yeah. And, and it's... The closest thing it kind of reminded me of was like Time Bandits. And I love Time Bandits. So I think he brought that to our movie club. Mm-hmm. And, but I, Time Bandits is like weird. <laughs> like it's, you kind of have to be in the mood to watch it and like kind of be attuned to that, like Terry Gillian sensibility. But Princess Bride is like goes down so smoothly, so easily. Anyone can watch it. Like half of the jokes that he probably need the audio for, like it's just visually funny. Yeah, no, totally. I think that what makes The Princess Bride work is it doesn't try so hard to, like, have this, like, insane aesthetic. I mean, the whole movie looks like it's, like, it like, it looks like it's on purposely shot on a set. Like, again, it's yeah. kind of like a winking thing to the audience where it's, like, you know that this is a story. You know that this is fake. It's, like, we're just having fun. It's almost like a play almost. And it just, like. Yeah, it felt very much like a play. Yeah, it has, like, the painted backdrops. And, like, that whole scene with the duel is, like, clearly on a set with, like, foam oh, rocks. Yeah. And, like, the <laughs> When castle. they land on the stuff and you can see the, the padding that they land on. It's just, like, sand on top of it. Right. And it's, like, in the whole, like, like the whole middle section, like. Like, they just look like they just found, like, a random field. And we're like, let's just shoot here. Why not? You know? Yeah. <laughs> it just has this kind of ragtag quality to it. Even down to, like, the, the rodents of unusual size. And everything about <laughs> it is just so... clearly, like, children in suits. <laughs> yeah, they're just, it. like, fucking demented, like, Ewoks or something. It's, like, <laughs> insane. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's a fun... It doesn't care about being like accurate to like the time period. It's almost like, and I I mean this in a loving way. It's almost like a really, really good, like high school production of something like a high school play. It is, it is the best version of your community theaters adaptation of like Cinderella or whatever. Totally. And that's the vibe it gives you. And I think that's part of the fun Mm -hmm. of the movie. It's not a pretentious movie. I guess that's the best way Mm -hmm. to put it. It's not pretentious. It's literally a movie for the people. It's for people to enjoy. And that's it. It's not, Maybe necessarily, like, cinematic in the sense of, like, the cinematography and, like, the art direction is not, like, something to write home about. But it really concentrates on what's important here, which is the dialogue and the performances in the film. Yes. 
how do you think this compares to the other fantasy films of the 80s? Like I mentioned Time Bandits earlier, but you also have like Willow and Legend and what are there some other like... Yeah, I mean, I think when... I think when Legend is a good one to jump off of, because I feel like <laughs> Legend also is a cult film, but not in the same way that The Princess mm-hmm. Bride is. It's like Legend yes. is the opposite of The Princess Bride in the sense that it's like all about the art direction. It's all about this like insane yeah. universe <laughs> that Ridley Scott built for that movie that at the time people were yeah. like, what the hell is this? And now people are like, <laughs> oh, this is like a demented 80s goth fantasia. Yes. Uh, Proto Legend of Zelda something. Um, yep. and I, I and, and I think I also kind of thought about like Labyrinth too. It's not as like oh yes, fantasy in the sense of like old English medieval kind of vibe or like Renaissance vibe or whatever. But it's definitely like a kids fantasy movie that just kind of has like fun with it. Although Labyrinth is like obviously like kind of like on drugs uh, as a movie. Yeah. <laughs> we we can't do Labyrinth on this podcast. It's too gay. It's like such a gay movie. Um, but I think that, like, it's, like, if Labyrinth is on a bunch of acid, like, The Princess Bride has, like, had a couple sips of wine, you know? It's, like, it's just loosey-goosey enough. It's just fun enough. It's, like, just naughty enough to make adults laugh. But everything about it Mm -hmm. is, like, coming from kind of, like, I think a kind place. And I don't think that there's a lot of comedies out there that are like that. I think a lot of comedy films are built on, like, unlikable characters and, like, like, it's actually secretly a drama in disguise. But, like, The Princess Bride is, like, a sweet movie. (laughs) Yeah, and it's, like, I think a lot of, like, movies that are recent or, like, that are, like, for children, like, sort of targeted toward children, like, the adult app, like, how they tackle adult viewers is, like, well, we're gonna put in some winky adult humor for you, but it's also, but it's, like, you watch this and it's, like, no one is condescended to in this movie. Totally. I mean, and, and I think you brought up a good point with Shrek earlier, which is, like, I love Shrek. I'm not hating on Shrek, but I do think Shrek started a trend of that kind of like adult humor thing and it like works really well in that movie but then every kid's movie after that was doing that and it was just like i feel like some of them it was like how hard can we push this like how nasty can we get with that without kids and i think now like we've kind of turned the other way in uh like pixar movies where it's like it's not even like four kids anymore it's just like here let's go watch mommy and daddy have a existential breakdown in the theater while they think about the you know the inner workings of their mind and yeah, then, like, I mean, kids I, would be bored like i can imagine a kid watching inside out and thinking this is good i mean yeah i mean maybe we should bring a kid on the pod like we could yeah <laughs> like because I, I i'm curious too because like you know i like love like wally and like a couple of, uh other pixar movies a lot but i always wondered like do children like wally like yeah <laughs> i don't like, know if i were like yeah if i were like seven and i had to watch wally i was like this is just boring <laughs> Like, I think the Princess Bride. I, I think it's like, I'm, I think I'm about to say it. I think it might be like the perfect family movie. Like, it's a perfect family movie because it's like you said, it doesn't condescend to the kids. It's got the things that kids want, right? It's got Andre the Giant being like a big adorable goofball. I mean, he was always the far, favorite, my favorite part of the movie when I was really little because he was just like so like the sweet giant. You know, so you love sweet it. in this and, movie. And a, and of course, Wallace Shawn's character, the, the inconceivable. I every I time it. it's funny. Every single <laughs> it time. It is funny. funny. And it gets it is funnier funny. every time. I know. And it's like all the, and of course, like Inigo Montoya, the best character in the movie. Absolutely the best character in the movie. And it's like Mandy Patinkin. It's like, I feel like all, yeah, I think that all children like want to be Inigo Montoya. Like you just yeah. like that, that, and that part where, like, he finally fights, like, 
Christopher Guest's character at the end. It's like simultaneously like so triumphant, but it's also kind of emotional. Yeah. It repeats that famous line over and over again. And it just like he's like going damn. mad and it's so it's everything at once it's everything that is about this movie where it's like it's so effortless but then like the second you kind of think about it you're like oh there's actually like so much depth to this movie totally and, it, and i think that's what's so weird it's like i don't even know how the movie does it it's simultaneously like you said very simple very straightforward very sweet but clearly a lot of work was put into making this movie's tone work because i don't think any other movie has the tone that Princess Bride has, and that's why it's kind of like an enduring classic. Yeah, it's like that run that Rob Reiner has in the 80s is truly like, it's it's unmatched. He, go, he starts in 84 with Spinal Tap, then Sure Thing, which we've never seen, then Stand By Me, Princess Bride, When Harry Met Sally, Misery, A Few Good Men. And it's like, those are all everyone's favorite movies. Yeah, and also he tackled all the genres. He was like... yeah. Like, first off, isn't, like, this a Spinal Tap the first mockumentary ever? Yeah, it's the first It is, right? Yeah, it's the first mm-hmm. mockumentary ever. Okay, iconic debut film. Okay, that's pretty Insane. iconic. And then Stand By Me, maybe one of the greatest coming-of-age movies ever made. Um, the Princess Bride, obviously, we're talking about it, a classic. Yeah. When Harry Met Sally, maybe a lot of people would consider, I'm more of a Moonstruck girl myself, but people <sighs> say When Harry Met Sally is the ultimate rom-com. Yeah, Moonstruck then, is so fucking good <laughs> fucking love moonstruck that movie surprised the hell out of me and then and then misery he was like and i'll just go i'll throw in some horror too why not <laughs> can you imagine that pivot from <laughs> harry met sally to misery and then a few good men it's it, it's crazy i guess the only through line is really that he's able to get really good performances out of his actors in all these movies like i yeah. guess he's like a really good like actors director because i mean like okay. stand by me for example i mean Damn, like yeah. River Phoenix in that movie. Holy shit. Well, he started as an actor. He came from acting and he was, you know, oh. in, uh, whereas like he was in all the family dude, for four episodes. And he had, you know, he had a bunch of shows and stuff and had his own sitcom. And was in, he was just an actor first for the first, you know, like 15 years of his career. And then he did, uh, you know, Spinal Tap, which is crazy because like i was i didn't realize that rob reiner had directed spinal tap until like doing research for this episode because i thought always thought it was a christopher guest movie we can't talk about performances without talking about robin wright i know of course i mean girl. in her like <laughs> debut performance how girl how does she do that she's so she's so hot <laughs> like, she's so beautiful in this movie like i feel like and, and maybe this is like a definitely a gay thing but i definitely think in the movie it's like yeah like all the boys wanted to be inigo but like deep down inside i wanted to be princess buttercup oh i God, wanted yes. west to come and save me uh, i wanted to roll down a big ass hill in that dress oh my god that's like actually one of my favorite parts of the movie like i still like laughed like so hard at that earlier today because i just think it's like the i love it because it's so fun but it's also like kind of romantic too that she it's just so kind of like but it looks so him. painful <laughs> i know and they're just like ah, ah. <laughs> it's just like so god the movie is so silly but it's like it just i don't know how movie this silly works and how the romance even though it is so like trite and dumb it feels like maybe one of the most like like the greatest romances in cinema like it's straight so beautiful. up I think it's because um, of the charm that they both have, both of the actors. God, they're just so. Carrie Elwes can just like, girl, 
Dude, I know. He is so beautiful in this. And also his character, I mean... I mean, this might be a good way to, like, transition to, like, what makes this movie straight. But, like, one of the things that does make this movie straight for me is the fact that he's, like, per- perfect in every oh, way. Yeah. He's, like, the well, ideal it's man. The, it's the mirror image of the driver and that he can do everything. Right. He's perfect. But in this, I, like, I totally fall for it. Yeah. And I think the reason, <laughs> one of the main reasons it works is because Carrie is so good in it. He's and so he's charming. so charming in it. And you're just, like... Oh, yeah. Like, I think for me, and I don't think I realized it until this viewing, I was like, I think he might have been one of my first, like, crushes, like, ever. Oh, like, same. Like, oh, eight same. years old, don't really know that that's what's happening, but I remember, like, looking up to him, not, like, just in a, like, I want to be like him, I'd just be kind of like, oh, Wesley, you know? <laughs> like. Uh, I always, I wanted to be Robin Wright in the movie, but I know I was more like the albino goblin in the dungeon. <laughs> that was more me. That's who I grew up to be. Okay, so I think one of the most more controversial characters in the movie is the cameo of Billy Crystal and Carol Kane. Is it controversial? I like at least anecdotally. I know there's some people that uh, talk about this movie like they think it's so annoying and like it totally like takes the out of the movie because they're like <laughs> it's like all of a sudden they're like in the Lower East Side now in like the '80s New York. Right. It's like almost too meta at that point. It takes you yeah. so out of the world of the narrative. Yeah, I get that. I always really liked it a lot, but I think that what's weird about the movie in general is I feel like I watched the movie through my parents' eyes when I watch Mm -hmm. it because they loved it. So when I was like eight and I didn't probably really understand like why their characters were so funny, it's like I kind of like looked to them to be like, this is funny, right? You know, so (laughs) so it's like my mom and dad always laughed so hard during that scene with Billy Crystal and Carol Kane. And my mom was always like, I love Carol Kane. God, Carol Kane... Ugh. straight into heaven she's so good she's the funniest part of kimmy schmidt she is the funniest part of kimmy schmidt i love her in this i actually think that maybe what it is is i don't like love billy crystal in it he's so I, much it's a lot it's funny but it's a lot but carol kane is so funny with her like literally six lines that she gets hilarious quasi related i promise we're not going to go off to off track but uh i was watching i think it was last christmas we were over at my in-laws house and we just had christmas movies on and we were like flipping between channels and they had that uh vince vaughn reese with a spoon movie for christmases oh yeah i've seen that yeah. and carol kane is in it and does not have dialogue what yeah she's one she's like one of the ants or something whatever and she they just like cut all of her dialogue out and she's just like in she's just in the movie like she's like for like 10 minutes or something does not say a word that is fucked up. It's so fucked up. Hate crime. That is a hate crime. That's a hate. That maybe we should put four Christmases on this podcast because clearly yeah. <laughs> it's a straight person movie. That's actually I know they, a, a gay person would never cut all of Carol Kane's dialogue. They would yeah. make her the lead. So Carol Kane, obviously, we established a, a little early. She's one of the gay parts of this movie. She's one of the gay um, parts of this movie. Yes. But there's a. I mean, what's funny is like. I mean, obviously, we both really love this movie. Grew up with it. It's a pretty straight fucking movie. I mean, yeah. it's pretty straight. I mean. Like we talked about, Wesley's character, totally the hero that can do it all, mm-hmm. is perfect, has no flaws, is charming, is funny, is smart, is cunning, is everything. And yeah. he's in love. And he's, mm-hmm. yeah. And he's, like, he, it, it, I mean, it's part of the fun of the movie, but it's, like, even, like, the little, like, oh, I've never dueled a man as great as you, you know? And, like, yeah. he's just such a good guy, you know? Oh, yeah. If, if I were to uh, get my ass whipped at me by somebody i want it to be carrie always right yeah yeah he um yeah 
Yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's <laughs> it. Like, like, um, is it Carrie Elwes or is it Carrie Elwes's character in this movie? Both. It's both at the same <laughs> time. Both of them to double team. Robin Hood in tights. He can beat me up. Carrie Elwes in Saw. He can beat me up. He's pretty cute in Saw. He is cute in Saw. <laughs> <laughs> but what yeah. are we doing? Saw. Can we just? I'm gonna put Saw on the list. Yeah, Saw's a pretty fucking good choice but i also yeah. feel like i know a lot of gays that do love Saw. oh yeah the only the only that like saw are like at this point are like gods and gays and gay gods yeah i feel like gays like i just feel like we have a weird relationship with torture which actually is a great way to segue well never mind it's not a, we'll, we'll, yeah we'll save that, that segue for later we saw way more straight people things to say we promise this is a straight movie <laughs> I know. well for me the what makes this movie straight is almost like it's a mirror of the movie itself where it's like not the, the movie itself is straight ish or whatever, but it's like good straight. But I think it's reception and how it acts in the culture now is incredibly straight. And I think it might be just that we live in Austin and we're more, uh, we get more draft house related things, but I feel like the Alamo draft house <laughs> is what makes this movie go from great to straight that's a really really good point and actually that kind of fits into like we kind of touched onto it last week with drive but i guess kind of what makes the movie straight is more like the way it's received like yeah you know because i do think that the the that straights have kind of co-opted this movie for us from us i think it's kind of like it was a movie for everyone like mm-hmm. it's like truly the universal movie and then it's like straights were like I think straight guys like the movie a lot because it's like they get to like a movie with the word princess in the title and not feel weird yeah. about it. And also because it's a it's a romantic comedy. It is literally the like the 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 genre they're supposed to go, oh, it's a chick flick and all that, but it's a chick flick that they fucking enjoy. Exactly. It, and what's funny is the movie knows that. It totally like is not even trying to hide it. That's what the whole yeah. character of Fred Savage and the grandpa is. Yes. You know? Is that he's like, oh, I'm not supposed to like, oh, skip over the kissing parts. But then at the end he's like Grandpa, can you describe to me the kissing parts? Uh, yeah, in detail, please. Like he's I like, know. I, you know, and then then leave. Yeah, um. <laughs> but like, yeah, like I think that like that's what it is, and I think that like it is kind of like a a romantic film that's okay to like, you know, because yeah. it's funny and it's got like the the quotability. I think the quotability of the quotability, movie, yeah, is straightability. I feel like I see a lot of the like. I don't think you're using that word correctly. You don't. I don't think you know what that word means. Meme. From straights and locals. Right. They, like, as much as we love Inconceivable, they love Inconceivable. As much as we yeah. love Twoo Wuv, we love Twoo Wuv. Exactly. You know? I think the one, the one part that is for gays, and we're gonna, I'll have this, we'll bring it back up in the gay section, is the, uh, the old wench who, in the dream, who says, oh. bow down to the queen of filth, the queen of pestilence. My god, Dylan. That scene scared Girl. me so bad when I was a kid. Like, literally every time it was about to happen, like, I would be like, Mom, is it about to happen? And she was, she'd be like, yeah. And I'd like, go Well, because there's kind of a fake out because there's like two scenes. Right. In... That's, why, that's why it freaked yeah. me out because I was like, oh, it's <laughs> happening. She's like, no, no, no. It's the second time. I was like, okay, okay, okay. But like, I did not like that lady. But like, it's funny because now I think it's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Love and it's it. so campy and it's so silly. Yes. She like, when she goes... God, it's like drag queen shit. <laughs> I was talking, uh, me and Alex watched it last night, and I was like, this is me whenever I get into fights with Swifties on Twitter. 
Like, it is truly, like, I know it's a woman that plays the part. I mean, maybe it's because the makeup is so, like, laid on thick on purpose, but it does have drag queen vibes. That is Um, is a lot of uh, spirit gum on there, girl. I love it. And notice that, like, we've already said this, like, the two, like, biggest, like, some of the gayest things about the movie are just when women are funny in the movie. Like, yeah, it's, (laughs) like, the one thing that Princess Bride doesn't really have, unfortunately, is a lot of funny women. But Mm -hmm. when there is a funny woman in the movie, no matter how short it is, it's very funny. And it stands yeah. out. And, like, Robin Wright does get kind of, like, she does get a little sidelined in, like, the second act. Like, she basically, basically once she gets back to the castle, it's like, they put Robin Wright in the toy box for a little bit. And it's like, we're not playing with you right now. Right. Yeah, I mean, Robin's great in the role. But, like, also, like, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, there's not, she's meant to be the damsel in distress. It's literally, like, meant to be, like, mm-hmm. the most, like, by the numbers fantasy story yeah um but she 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 has like a resilience and a resolve that's like really fun in the movie and i think like yeah she's just so naturally like lovable it's kind of funny to think that she's kind of an ice queen now (laughs) yeah (laughs) they were all afraid of her uh i the last thing last i think like movie i saw robin wright in was the congress did you ever see that movie i am like in the hugest minority literally of all time but i actually really loved that movie Um, yes (laughs) maybe my children are because i fell asleep yeah, maybe I feel differently now, but it was definitely, like, you know, it came out at that time. You know, it's, like, one of those kinds of, like, weirdo movies that's, like, literally marketed towards people like me. So I, like, ate that shit up. Maybe I'd see through it now. But I really, I thought it was fun. And she plays herself in it. So, like, yeah, cute. Well, it's um, because it, that movie was a draft house movie. And I feel like it was kind of underused. But now, like, but The Princess Bride, like, if there's a Princess Bride screening at your local Alamo draft house, girl, it will sell out. Oh, totally. I mean, you're yes. completely right. And I think that, like, yeah, I mean, uh, just going, yeah, like, to really, like, just drive home, like, what makes this movie straight or, like, what has become straight. Maybe The Princess Bride taught us what being straight is, in, in a way. Um, I mean, it's what I want, like, I think it's, like, a good example for, like, straight people. Like, of, like, it's being... Carrie Elwes, at least in it, is he's very noble and he fights for what's good and true love and is, like... Except for that one scene where he's kind of in character as a dread pirate Roberts and threatens to slap uh, Buttercup. Oh my god, um, yeah. I, I pretend to not see that part. I was like, oh. we, do not, we do not see it. I don't, uh, I don't like that. Mm-mm. Don't like it at all. But other than that, it's like, oh yeah, it's like, this This is what I imagine like heterosexuality is. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of funny to think like, what did straight, like, like when I was little, like, I, I mean, obviously I enjoyed the movie, but like, I wonder like. Do straight people watch this movie and they're like, man, like avenging your father is so cool. Like, Yeah, is like, that what they take away from it? Is Inigo yeah. Montoya the main character to them? Yeah, they're like, they're like, if my dad was killed by a six-fingered man, like I totally would also train for the rest of my life to avenge his death. <laughs> like I feel like that's very like straight boy narrative. And like, like I didn't well, I, I, mean, like, I didn't even that's see, fucking, I just saw Inigo that's... Montoya's mustache. That's all I saw, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's the plot of Drive, girl. It's like instead of Inigo Montoya's dad, it's Oscar Isaac, and instead of Inigo Montoya, it's the driver. Damn, maybe that's gonna be the through line. We'll have to see for next week, but maybe it's just dads. It's just fathers. It's just like it's revenge fathers. and fathers. That's it. Revenge and it, fathers. Oh well, I guess we don't need to do this podcast anymore. We figured it out, y'all. We figured it out. All <laughs> all movies all movies, aka straight people movies, all movies are about fathers yep. and revenge, and that's it. That's it, you got it. We're there. Um, I, I think that uh, we've mentioned it a couple times before. I do think it's important to note that I think another thing about this movie that is very straight to me and and 
is like the fun. It's fun. It's like I like to think of it as like the Princess Bride is like postmodernism for kids. It's like yes. It's like introduces the budding young intellectual to like meta um, uh, structures and and meta dialogue. And um, I think that like I I can't think of a more like straight concept than fucking oh like <laughs> postmodern bullshit meta. And like, but like not even like good meta. I just want it to be this. Yeah, just be this or like like Charlie Kaufman's movies and that's all. Like that's literally this and Charlie Kaufman is all I'll take for like postmodern meta stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can I can I can get rid of the rest of it. Um and, and then and then that kind of gets into the whole idea that the movie is also just like kind of nerdy, you know? Yep. It's like straight people love nerd shit. Yeah. I will probably edit it out, but I did I am listening to a podcast about Magic the Gathering now, but that does not make me any less gay. Right. It does. You know, in a way, it actually makes you like more gay, I think. It does. Yeah. Because you know? it's honestly, this is camp for me to do it. Yeah, it me is. It's like, it's the gathering is camp. Exactly. But yeah, I think that, 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 see, see, that's the difference. I think we really hit the nail on the head. Like, irony is gay. Meta is straight. Camp is gay. Postmodernism is straight. So they're like all the same things, but just different flavors. So I guess that we're talking about gay shit. Might as well go into like what makes The Princess Bride a gay movie other than the fact it's called The Princess Bride. Yes. (laughs) You can't say either one of those words straight, Lee. Yeah. Yeah. I tried not like, I I guess, man, I, man, I really, we should have got, we should get recordings of every straight guy that we're friends with to just say The Princess Bride (laughs) in this episode. Yeah. That'll be the theme song now. It'll be the, the, the clip from Sunset Boulevard and then just a bunch of gays going, Princess Bride. Yeah. They're like saying it like Army Hammer. They're like the Princess Bride. (laughs) The The Princess Princess Bride. Bride. (laughs) Uh, So some Um, of the gay stuff in this movie that I have is um, Robin Wright and her Madame Blanc Suspiria dress. Definitely. And I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) And and all of her dresses really are great in it. Um, So iconic. But that red Suspiria dress girl where she dives into the water and gets attacked by eels. And so, oh God, that part also scared me as a child. I was, oh, so I was like, I was imagining scary. I was Robin Wright. I was, I was Princess Buttercup, baby. And I, didn't, <laughs> I need to be safe from the screaming eels, damn it. Um, you were like, when is Andre the Giant going to grab me out of the water and console yeah. me? <laughs> oh no. Okay. <laughs> it's, I don't have it on my gay list on the, on the dock, but conceptually, I don't know if it's gay or it's just hot. Uh, conceptually, the scene where Andre the Giant and Carrie Elwes fight. Is hot. If only um, they were, if only under the giant, I were hotter. Um, I think okay, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's what makes this all different. You know, we all have different <laughs> different things. <laughs> I'm revealing so much about myself this episode. Yeah, you really are. I mean, I can see how it's gay. I mean, it's like guys wrestling, just period. Like, yeah, and like maybe- one's like real big and one's like real tiny. <laughs> He's gonna crush me in his arms. <laughs> and then and Carrie Carrie Ellis is the one who ends up topping anyway. So it's yeah. like, oh fun. He's like a jetpack. <laughs> um I um for me, like yeah, I think for me, like everything that's gay about this movie is all revolving around like Princess Buttercup, Prince Hupperdink, yeah. and then I can't really remember Christopher Guest's name. It's like Tyrone or something, or like it's yeah. his account. Um, yeah. but for me, it's like Princess Buttercup, for example, uh, jumping out of the window at the end and flying in the sky oh, into yes. Andre the Giant's uh, arms, that was gay. I mean, honestly, make that the cover of the Criterion. I know it has a different cover already, but, like, make that the cover of the Criterion. Yeah, yeah, redo the Criterion again of The Princess Bride yeah. and do that <laughs> instead, because that 
is like such a great moment in the movie. And then they ride off on uh, white horses. So yeah, that's the ending's really gay, but a happy, I mean, I guess a happy ending isn't gay because canonically gay things have tragic endings, but exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Huh? Wow. Have you ever seen Call Me By Your Name? Yeah, right. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, um, these are kind of two of the same thing, but literally anytime Christopher Guest is on screen, but more specifically when he's explaining and using the machine. Oh my uh, god, I know. He's like, it's again the Disney villain kind of thing. Yes. Except he's like, clearly like the has that sidekick energy. I, I'm going to try to yeah. do an impersonation of his voice. Please. And he's like, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it sucks the life out of you. You know, he kind of... <laughs> He's like, hmm. I spent half a I lifetime sp- working on this. I spent half a lifetime getting ready to torture you, Wesley. <laughs> Tell me what you think of my torture device. Don't. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> the it's, torture yeah. device that's attached to his nipples. Yeah, it's like gay in that like asexual gay way that again Disney villains yeah. have, where it's like yes. they're not sexually gay. They just their personalities are gay. Yeah, you know exactly. And they're two different things. You can be are. gay and not gay, and you can be gay and gay. Definitely. And that's definitely the case for both. I mean, I think Prince Humperdinck maybe a little bit more gives me gay vibes, especially because he's so eager to like kill Princess Buttercup in the movie when she's like so hot. It's like, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he doesn't show any interest in any other women in the movie, which I guess, I mean, it is like a kid's movie, but still. He wants the wedding to be over so that he could go do his shit afterward. Um, And he just wants to wear his big, beautiful gowns all the time. Totally. I mean, I love that. Like, I, I, I do. What do you call it? like? A, is it like a a frock? It's not a frock. No, I don't know. The, any... the, the sleeve, but where you can like yeah. pull your arm out. Like the the yes. puppy, the puppy. You know, the, yeah. The puppy whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a costume girl. Like, I don't girl, know. The, I don't know. But he looks. He looks great. He looks great. Um, I love him. I got it. I think the gayest thing I did while watching this movie is I like turned to Jesus because he was like kind of half watching it with me, and I was like. Um, that's the guy that does the voice of Jack Skellington, by the way, in Merry <laughs> Christmas. And he just goes, oh, I can hear it. <laughs> I think, the, no, we can't. Uh, I think the thing, the gay thing I did in this movie, this, during, Alec, during the movie, I turned to Alex and I went, you know, this is Susan Sarandon's ex-husband and that's where her last name comes from, right? Oh my God, Dylan, I didn't know that. Yeah, they were married wow. like in the 60s and they got I feel divorced like, and she just kept it. I feel like I'm such a bad gay for not knowing that. It's okay. It's totally fine. Damn. So, the, yeah, the information that you divulged about Chris Sarandon was definitely more gay. I guess mine was more, like, goth. Or mine was more like, I know things about random 80s movie stars that no one cares about anymore. Eh, that's <laughs> well, we talk about, well, we talk about the, uh, what's it called? What did, I, what did I say was for goths and gays? Saw? Saw, Same yeah. thing. <laughs> Cri- yeah, Nightmare exactly. Before Christmas is for goths and gays. But I think, for me... So we, we covered, I mean, I guess we covered all that's pretty gay about the movie. I think, you yeah. know what is really gay? The part where uh, Princess Buttercup says that she's going to go kill herself. She's like talking to the king. She's oh. like, yeah, uh, this is the last time we're going to see you. I'm going to go fucking kill myself, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and the king is just like, oh, thanks for that kiss. Like, I feel like <laughs> just someone saying something really like dramatic and horrible like that. And everyone's like ignoring you and like smiling is like, I don't, I just, that rang gay to me. I was like, this is a gay <laughs> moment. It's very much that tweet of Charlie XEX where that fan is like, I'm about to jump Charlie, and Charlie responds with, Yas Angel, or whatever. Yeah, it's very, very that. And I think that's why, it, like, for me, it was like, it's just like everything about Princess Buttercup's character, not just because she's a princess, it's not that simple. It's just like, I just feel like everything about that whole character and that whole storyline is just very gay to me. Well, she's like, uh, can you fetch that? 
picture for me, farm boy? Yeah, I know. There's so much like BDSM tease in this movie. Uh, like, yes, <laughs> the machine. The machine, number one. And then, yeah, like that whole beginning sequence, the as you wish. It's like, uh. I think maybe that's what's gay about the movie. It's like the people in the movie that are like the ones in power a lot of the time are like doing, like telling people what to do. And, you know, it's like Princess Buttercup and then like Prince Humperdinck. It's like, uh, okay. Perfect naming. Perfect yeah. naming conventions. Love it. Well, I think um, we have determined that Princess Bride does have a lot of some gay things. But we want to uh, recommend a movie for you that if you were like, you know, Princess Bride a little too straight for me. I want a gay movie. What this is a little doing? section at the end? Um, <laughs> what is it? I'm I'm scared. So I texted Kirk earlier. I was like, I've been struggling with trying to find out a movie to recommend in the gay recommendation section because it's like the Princess Bride is so good, and also it's like there's not there's not a lot of fantasy in general like on screen, and the fantasy it is like very straight. I was thinking at first, um, Ever After, the Drew Barrymore movie, because it has right. like Houston, iconic, but I was like, it's a little too slow. I want something that has like the fun. And then I was like, what about like the Page Master, which is that like animated Macaulay Culkin movie from the Love 90s. That movie. Love that movie. But I was like, I, ha- I don't want to, I need to rewatch it because I haven't seen it since 1995 and I don't want to pay for it. And then I went over <laughs> to my letterbox and I remembered what it is. Oh God, here we go. This movie came out in 2018. It's a Christmas film. It stars Kira Knightley and Helen Mirren. It is called The Nutcracker in the Four Realms. It is gay canon. Gay camp. <laughs> you it heard is... it here first, folks. Girl, I know I am beating this drum sl- like solo right now. But like the Nutcracker, <laughs> I'm yeah, girl. I'm the Nutcracker. I'm one of the four realms. I'm the little drummer boy uh, realm girl. This movie, fucking, it, it made three dollars. Uh, directed <laughs> by it was directed by a friend of the pod, Lassa Hallstrom. Love that bitch who directs all the ABBA music videos. Oh yeah, and didn't she direct like? She started some like really great like Swedish movies. She's Swedish, oh, yeah, did, right? like My Life as a Dog. Yeah, yeah, My and, Life as a Dog. Yeah, I've seen that. That's yeah, and uh, Cider House Rules. <laughs> oh, oh, whoa. Yeah, uh, he's done a lot of crazy shit, but then... Oh, yeah, he. he, it's a he. He, yeah. Yeah, great, I don't know. Girl, I don't but fucking... she... <laughs> All Swedish names are gender neutral to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this movie, Kira Knightley, she plays a sugar plum fairy and talks in a high-pitched voice the whole time. Turns out she's the villain. Helen Mirren is an evil doll who lives inside of a gianter evil doll, and it turns out she's the good guy. And they have to go stop Kira Knightley from taking over Christmas or something. I don't know. I've seen this movie twice. Do not know the plot. But it has... It's a family movie. It is kind of meta in that there's an outside storyline, but then they go inside another one. Uh, It is an adventure movie. It's high fantasy. But imagine The Princess Bride, but worse and gayer. That is... (laughs) Nutcracker in the Four Realms. I mean, you you sold me on it. I haven't seen this movie, and now I'm very curious about it's it. It's psychotic. Like, please, like get very... And once again, on uh, Straight People Movies, neither one of us uh, do drugs at all. But if you were to do drugs, uh, I would say do a lot of them <laughs> and watch this movie. You're not going to have, like, a like existential crisis, like, if someone... You know, like, I've heard people, like, watched Cats on Shrooms and, like, saw, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, well, girl, I was like barely high whenever i watched cats and whenever judy dent stared at me at the end i was like i can't do this i have to leave 
That is no, so it is. Uh, it's a. Pr- I watched it recently in a hotel. Uh, it's a great hotel movie. Um, but check it out. It's silly. I, I feel like I want to make a list of just like good hotel movies, good airplane movies, good midday movies. Like that's actually what we need. We don't need best, you know, no. like heist movies or best fucking like you know war movies. We need no. best movies to watch on an airplane. The, oh my god! Best movie to watch on an airplane is uh, fuck. What was it called? Uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, or that's, I, my cousin Vinny. They were perfect on an airplane. My cousin Vinny is also a great midday sick. Movie great midday too. movie. But my what I always associate with hotel movies is Heartbreakers. Oh my god! I I don't know if you just implanted a memory that doesn't exist in my <laughs> head, Black Mirror style. But like, I swear to God that I watched Heartbreakers in a hotel room with like my mom when I was like twelve. Exactly. Years old. Oh yeah. Did, right. did that happen to every gay? Did we just figure out what being gay did. is? <laughs> oh my god! I made I made literally that exact joke in every actor ever when we talked about Heartbreakers. So I was like, I watched this. I'm pretty sure in a hotel with my mom. Oh my god, Dylan! No, stop! This is weird. <laughs> I'm dissociating right now. Like I feel like the world's about to you end. You feel like you're in like... the four realms with Kira Knightley. Yeah, like, we're about to get melancholy. And, like <laughs> we we figured out we figured out everything. Wow. I'm wow. not gay. I just watch Heartbreakers with my mom in a hotel. <laughs> um, I was trying to think of like what my gay wreck is for this movie. I didn't really come up with one. I thought about saying Legend. We already mentioned it. But Legend yeah. is so like, like I said, it's like the opposite of this movie in a way. I feel like for me, and again, it's this is probably a bad suggestion and everyone's like seen it. But I feel like Hook is like the princess bride that couldn't. It's yeah. like... But, like, it's a misunderstood, like, way too long, like, very strange movie that's also trying to be meta, and all these other things are going on, but I really loved it as a kid, and I feel like a lot of other, like, little gay boys loved Hook, because it's, well, like, something's have, really... You have Glenn Close in a cameo role, Julia Roberts as Tinkerbell, like, I yeah. mean... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's gay. Dustin just... Hoffman's performance as Hook is, is gay canon. Yeah. Oh, no, that is 100%. And, and Rufio... I mean, Bro. again, actually, that might be my first crush ever of all time, was oh, Rufio in Hook. And I think for me, it's, like, the idea of, like, the Lost Boys. Like, I think for, I mean, like, again, for, like, kids' movies and fantasy movies, I feel like all little boys, like, wanted to be a Lost Boy. But I feel like little gay boys wanted to be Lost Boys the most. Yeah, yes. Uh, you know? I wanted to be Wendy flying out of a window so bad. Yeah. So I feel like for me, Peter Pan and just, like, Hook in general. Like, I feel like Hook, again, came out, like, pretty close to when The Princess Bride came out it just like it flopped and it was too long and people thought it was like it was kind of his first miss steven spielberg's first miss but i feel like it kind of exists in the same universe as the princess bride where it's just trying to be like a a movie that appeases everyone it's trying to be funny and sad and thoughtful and adventurous you know i think that's a Uh, sign of how good princess bride is is that we can't recommend something similar to it because nothing is as good as that so we can only recommend things that are like interesting failures Right, exactly. Like, The Princess Bride, I guess maybe the reason why we're suggesting interesting failures is The Princess Bride really should have been a failure, but it wasn't. And like you said, no other movies even come close to trying to be it. Maybe Shrek might be. I mean, you brought it up and I didn't make that connection, but it might be yeah. the closest yeah. thing we've got to The Princess Bride. And um, I feel like Shrek is as important to Zoomers as it is to, like, Millennials. Yeah, Shrek really has had staying power. I wonder if the Princess Bride has had staying power. Any Zoomer listeners, let 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 us know because yeah. I know 
that like our generation loves it. And I know that maybe like uh, people a little older than us also love it too, but like, did it transcend for y'all? I don't know. Uh, and with that, I think we're done. I think that's the end of the pod. Yeah, it was kind of lovely uh, not shitting all over a movie this week. I don't know, just talk about a movie that that we just love. Yeah. There's the that... list, looking at the, 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 the famed list, there's not a lot of that on there. No, there isn't. And like, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll keep a good balance, you know? Yeah. I think that, and also at the end of the day, like, it is just our opinion. And like, I mean, yeah. with The Princess Bride, like you have to have the same opinion as us because if you don't like this movie, you're Something's wrong with you. weird. Um, yeah. But I think overall, like there's going to probably be some really great movies like The Princess Bride, like classics mm-hmm. that we're just both going to be like, nope. And then there's going to mm-hmm. be like, you know, weird cult movies that straight bros like. And we're going to be like, hell yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen here on straight people movies? We're, we're, we're crazy over here. We're just doing whatever the we're fuck s- we want. We're losing it. We're we're suggesting lots of Hallstrom movies. We're talking about how Andre the Giant Carrier was fuck. You got everything. <laughs> you got everything here, and, and 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 tune in next week for our next downward spiral. You're just gonna get to oh, see yeah. it all in real time. You know, we're yeah, just... where we uncover some like weird deep repressed memory that makes us gay. We're both gonna end up being straight by the end of this. I think oh, that's yeah. the gag. <laughs> this is what's gonna happen to us. We're gonna be like, it's oh like wow, how I'm the, actually that, straight. Uh, that Britney Spears podcast that started off as like a just exploring her Instagram and then it turned into like some weird, like legal fight. I did not know about that. You need to send me the link uh, to that whole story. Cause that sounds uh, very amazing. <laughs> Will do. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been straight people movies. My name is Dylan Garcia and you can find me on Twitter at, uh, at Dylan Garcia and then on Instagram at Garcia and on Letterboxd at Dylan Garcia. Um, and my name is Kirk Van Sickle, um, and you can find me on Instagram, on Letterboxd, and Twitter. Uh, Kirk Van Sickle, without any of the vowels except for the E at the end, we'll show it to you down at the bottom. It, we uh, got it. We got it in the show notes. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, we got you. We got you, sis. Uh, and then also, we're part of this uh, part of an organization in Austin called Movie Club ATX. It's just uh, once a week ish. Yeah. Not right. Yeah. Sometimes I twice a week. Out to once a week. Yeah. Uh, me, Kirk, and a couple other people behind the scenes here at uh, at Shape of Movies. We get together and we watch a film, talk about it. We got presentations and we have a website, uh, movieclubatx.com. That'll be the home for Straight People Movies, as well as some uh, upcoming feature writing and lists and all that good stuff. So uh, yeah, be sure to check that out and follow that. Before it gets too popular, like right. the Nutcracker and the Four Realms. Yeah, you want to be ahead of the curve, people. Come on. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right, we'll catch y'all later. Bye, ladies. All right, bye. bye. And now came talk. Talk, talk.